All right, welcome to another edition here of Beyond Eight Figures. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hola, Mary Goulet. Richie Ote. What's up, my brother? How you doing? How you doing? Excellent. Good, good. Wade's got under control in the studio. Kelly's got under control back at headquarters. And here on Beyond Eight Figures, we do sit down with entrepreneurs who have either exited for more than $10 million or currently run businesses that gross more than $10 million annually and get to the bottom of the shortcuts and tactics and strategies and so on that they leverage to have achieved what many would, well, perceive to be a pretty darn high hurdle to to surmount there. And uh, and I know you guys are getting a ton out of this show and have really been enjoying a lot of the, uh, the, the folks that we've had on uh, of late. And of course, if you missed any of the earlier episodes, go back and check the archives because uh, we've had some amazing entrepreneurs join us uh, and certainly the, the folks that we've had on here recently have been, uh, as I said, really resonating with you. Thanks for the new uh, reviews and, and new subscribes and uh, new ratings. Just wanted to do a quick shout-out to Austin Sams for his five-star rating, saying, love this approach, love how Steve puts a highly successful entrepreneur on the hot seat and walks us through how they got there. That would include Mary and Richie, too, of course. First class all the way. Uh, Mama Dial with comments about Dr. Angela Loria's uh, appearance with a five-star review. Thank you for that. This lovely discussion of Angela's story and how she built her $20 million business is excellent. I enjoyed the discussion that the team took the discussion so that not only did I feel inspired, but am also walking away with some great business tips. Well done. And lastly, let's recognize Bill Bergman and, of course, others as well. But uh, you can check out all the reviews there on iTunes and so forth, wherever you get your podcast five-star there, saying this is a great podcast. I have learned so much from this podcast with Steve, Mary, and Richard, and the guests. I just finished listening to the interview with Dr. Angela Loria, definitely one you guys want to check out, uh, and strongly recommend that everyone listen to this episode. It provides so much practical information from Dr. Angela's personal experience on building a successful business from the ground up. Looking forward to learning from other guests being interviewed on this podcast. Keep them coming, and we'll try to read as many of those as we can week in and week out here. And don't forget, we do broadcast live every Thursday from 12 until one o'clock Pacific. You can catch that live feed of Beyond Eight Figures. That's the number eight dot com. Uh, and of course, you can call in as well with questions for our guests. If you do join us live at 866-977-2346. And lastly, if you haven't checked out uh, our other show, make sure you do listen to Reinvention Radio as well, because every week we sit down with amazing people from across the globe who have reinvented their lives and are doing such amazing things every single day. Speaking of people who are doing amazing things, uh, just really thrilled and honored and humbled to have this fine-looking gentleman join us. And I, and I have to say, between the glasses and the no glasses, uh, Mr. Kevin Harrington, I'm leaning towards the no glasses. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a younger look for you. I like it. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks. Great to be here. And I, I just can't see very well without <laughs> That's all right. That's more reading, though. I, I can see good except reading you know they're just readers you know? yeah i was just um, watching uh i was just watching zoolander have you guys seen zoolander recently I, I don't know if you've seen kevin have you ever seen zoolander yeah yeah, yeah. so ben stiller right? ben stiller yeah. right so you wanted to open up this uh this academy for students who don't read good <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe uh maybe you would have been a founding uh member of that board there all right so kevin a lot of people are familiar with you and the stuff that you've done with shark tank and and so on but what, uh, what a lot of people may not be specifically familiar with, though, is how you meet the criteria for Beyond Eight Figures. So have you personally exited for a business, multiple businesses, et cetera, for more than $10 million? Do businesses that you're involved with now gross more than $10 million annually or all of the above? 
Uh, pretty much all of the above. Uh, you know, I think one of the maybe advantages that I have in in this uh, uh, analysis of, of of what I've done, I go back to the early '80s when I first started the kind of the the business that I'm in now. So it's not the same company because I've had a bunch of exits over the years. So um, you know, my uh, I, I started back in 1984. Um, I was an entrepreneur. I was selling businesses and partnering. Like I, was, I was kind of like a business broker, yeah. selling pizza parlors and flower shops and delicatessens, had a real estate license, and I was taking equity in some of these deals. And it was, you know, pre-shark days, right? But then uh, I was watching TV, and I, I was on Discovery Channel, and all of a sudden it went dark for six hours. And th it was middle of the night. The next day I called the cable company, and they said, there's a problem with my cable. I, I'm not getting anything on discovery between these hours. And they said, oh, it's only an 18 hour a day network. We don't have any programming for six hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I said, forever? Said, yeah, forever, okay? So I said, let me come down and talk to you guys. So I went down, cut a deal to take those six hours and start putting products into the block of time. And this was 1984. So we were doing kitchen products. We did the food saver. And that ended up selling. Food Saver was was a big hit. That ended up exiting. We we did uh, Tony Little's Ab Isolator, and we did something called Pure Protein with Tony Little. Uh, it was a protein bar that exited. That was a sixty some million dollar exit that deal. And so um, you know, over the years, we we built of various brands, some of which we exited, but some of these were in the parent company. So we took the company public, then I sold the public company. So, um, you know, I've sold several public companies and I'm on the board of about uh, 15 companies right now. Mm -hmm. And we're always wheeling and dealing. And, you know, just today we put out an announcement. We just made an acquisition for $25 million. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're acquiring, we're buying, we're selling, we're turning, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and it's you know it's changed quite a bit the world of as seen on TV. But um, I've been involved with a lot of really cool brands, and George Foreman, and Jack Lalane, and Tony Little, and Billy Mays, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. um, you know, I will say this: I didn't have the mentality as much 30 years ago to sell the brands as I do today, because this, this is what. Every, I mean, when somebody like Michael Dubin from Dollar Shave Club can put a viral video out and sell that company for a billion dollars to Unilever, uh, you know, what, what are the rest of us doing wrong, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty amazing the opportunities that exist out there. Yeah, thanks for the background on that. So let me, let me just ask you a question, and I know we only have you for a limited amount of time here, so we're going to get to the nuts and bolts as quickly as we can. And Again, appreciate the amount of time that you're giving us, especially given a $25 million acquisition today. So I'd say you probably have a few things going on. Um, but help us understand, like, how do you fit yourself into that puzzle? So in a situation where you find a, a Lane or a Foreman or whoever, and they have a product, your expertise is in marketing. Right? I mean, you obviously you've got your business, but you're really a phenomenal marketer, right? So how do you plug yourself in? What, what does the deal structure look like? So for those who are thinking like, here's how I can plug myself in. Maybe I can be like a Kevin Harrington. Maybe I can do what he did. Somebody has a great product, but they, they don't know how to market it. They don't know how to, you know, to really get sales to where they need it. How did you plug yourself? Was it just, 
I'm going to take 25% of this company. I'm going to do 100% of the, you know, the cost for marketing this thing. And like, what, what, did, this, what did those deal structures look like? So uh, I'll go back to um, uh, either Jack LaLanne or Tony Little. And so neither one of them, I mean, Jack didn't bring me the juicer. We had a juicer that we found at a German trade show. I, I do probably about 25 trade shows a year. So um, I was in um, uh, at the, um, uh, I forget the name of the trade show over there, but I, there's a, a German houseware show that I go to a lot of times. Uh, we, I do the Chicago houseware show also, but internet, we do a, an Asian one also. But I got this juicer that had some very cool patents. The, the, the juice went into one basket and the pulp went into another. And so we said, who can we get to endorse this? So we went to Jack, cut the deal with him, gave him a, a small upfront fee and a percentage of sales. And so we own the product. We own the product, we own the brand. Um, Jack is, a, a, is paid talent. Same thing with Tony Little. Um, sometimes talent will bring us the product, but in most cases we have, you know, we are a product development company. So we're out wheeling and dealing at all these different places, the houseware show, the hardware show, fitness show, beauty show, golf show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was at the, at the PGA golf show, 1990. I go by a booth, Davis Love is sitting there and he's got this Medicus golf club. It's a hinged club. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but um, we, we, we said, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. I've never done golf before. So we, we got a deal, bought, signed the worldwide exclusive rights to the product, and then we started hiring talent to endorse the product, Al Guyberger, and, and Davis Love was already kind of involved there, so that one worked mm -hmm. out pretty good for him. So, so hold on, hold, uh, help yeah. me understand this. So are you bringing money, to, like, were you already rich? I mean, like, were you, did you already have this money just sitting around? Because you can't just go to Discovery and, and, and say, I'm going to take six hours and I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to film this, well, well decent quality. Yeah, That's the question I was going to ask is how did you come up with, oh, I'm going to sell products. This will be successful. People have insomnia. They're going to stay up at night and they love to get stuff delivered to their house. But how so did you like, figure that out? At the, at right around this time, um, I, I mentioned, you know, I go, go to a lot of trade shows. So I, the, the very first big deal for me was I met, I'm at a, I'm at the, at the Philadelphia home show and there's a guy sitting there selling like crazy. I, there's this huge crowd around him. He had a knife in his hand, cutting through a Coca-Cola can, a hammer, a, a, a muffler, a pair of sneakers. And, and he's collecting a thousand dollars every time he does the pitch. So he got on break and I get talking to, it's called the Ginsu knife, okay? So I said, I said to the guy, that's the most amazing pitch I've ever seen. He said, you think this is glamorous? He said, I do this 40 weeks a year, all day long. I go to, you know, I'm at the Philadelphia Home Show today. Tomorrow I go to the Iowa State Fair. This is grueling. I said, that's when the light bulb went off. Let me film it, put it up on that downtime on Discovery. Perfect. I spent $3,000 filming that. It generated hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay, so I didn't have a dime when I started. I mean, yeah, I had I had three grand. But do, um, don't those the, the if I'm not understanding things correctly, back in the day, wouldn't there be a split with the cable company or with the um, like a Gunthy Wrecker or that sort of? Uh, wasn't there a split somehow? So that 100% of what was sold wouldn't necessarily go to you. It, no, no, there was a so, split, so right? The way it works is this. And, and by the way, Greg Ranker, good friend of mine, Bill Guthy, 
they started a few years after I did with Tony Robbins was their first uh, infomercial. And mm -hmm. so and they did Think and Grow Rich and Tony Robbins. But so no, what, what I did with Discovery, I went to Discovery and I said, look, this is downtime. It's not, it's, you know, you're getting no income. What, what would you take for, for the six hour block a day? And they said, make us an offer. I said, I'll give you a thousand bucks. They said, okay. So I signed a multi-year contract. No way. Uh, yeah, $1,000. Now, you got to remember, this was back in the 80s, okay? They're, they weren't in 90 million homes. They were in 10 million homes. So, but uh, th that six-hour block in year uh, three was generating $28 million in sales. Mm. So I had a $365,000 media cost for that block that generated $28 million. And so I receive 100% of the income. So... What I do, I, I, I find the product, I produce the infomercial, I pay the talent, I own the product, I manufacture it, import it, I then pay Discovery their thousand a day, and then I'm running these shows. I get 100% of the income, I pay Discovery, I pay Arnold Morris or Billy Mays or Jack LaLanne. So that's a, a cost of business was the media, mm -hmm. a cost of business was the product, and a cost of business was the talent royalty. And then we had the cost of the credit card processing and clearing sure. and all of that. But that's how we started. And it it's it direct to the consumer though. We we own the we either own the products or we partnered with the people that own the products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Richie, I know you have got and we only have a limited time, yeah, so no, let's for split sure. it up for sure. So first there's just a quick point when you said no way to the thousand bucks. Thousand bucks is it's not like unlike today. There's inventory that's sitting there. There was nothing there. So thousand dollars is like they're saying sure, sure we'll take it we found yeah. money for them yeah exactly and same on facebook or any of these places once there's enough advertising to bid up the cost that's why the super bowl is still so expensive right enough people are watching it at one yeah. time but i i have a specific question regarding the 20 companies you've made over nine figures or in nine figures so are they all product companies have you taken this knowledge and done anything with information i mean a lot of your friends got the ranker and these people a lot of that was information based it's not a lot of inventory not a lot of cost to reproduce have you done anything in that or you stick you know, to products good, good question um i mean to my knowledge I, and i think my experience has for most of my life has been product based now after i got on shark tank i started getting literally, you know, thousands of, of emails and inquiries a, a day, a week, a month. I mean, hundreds of thousands uh, of inquiries were coming in. I mean, every year there's 50 plus thousand people that try to get on Shark Tank. They only take 250. Mm -hmm. So the other 49,000 people are, you know, I'm getting probably emails from a third of them. Okay. So, um, but no, my business has primarily been products and you know, Guthy Ranker has made most of their money on products also. I mean, Proactive, they sold for $2.2 billion to Nestle, mm -hmm. uh, product company. You know, they, they also owned, I think, It Cosmetics. They're, they're, they're primarily a beauty company. I was more of a, of a hard goods company. Juicers, blenders, mixers, um, uh, gazelles with Tony Little, fitness products, et cetera. But yeah, we did $350 million with... Tony Little's first infomercial, and then we did the Ab Isolator, which was another multi-hundred million dollar deal. Uh, then Billy Mays, then Jack the Juicer did 
you know, very similar numbers. Mm -hmm. The gazelle was was actually over a billion dollars, believe it or not. Wow. So, I mean, it's there. There's you got to understand also. In it's a little different, you know, when you're doing information, you're it's a little more of a grind, I think, mm -hmm. than when you're putting products on TV. I mean, I would buy an, a slot on a national network. I pay as much as ninety thousand dollars for a thirty-minute shot slot. It's generating three hundred thousand in sales, one area. Okay, mm -hmm. so you get to ten million pretty quick, right? Well, uh, but you got to have a home-run product, and you got to have infrastructure. You got to have cash. You got to have all those things. Yeah, and I'll be quick, but it just you're a brilliant marketer. Watched you for years. Loved every single one of those infomercials too. And sometimes I just I wouldn't even want the product. I was just amazed at what you were doing, and getting people connected. I guess where I'm specifically thinking of it is since you're so good at marketing, if there was maybe some sort of hybrid, and I'm not trying to convince you, you've been more successful at this than I have, but like almost like you the sure? beach body, <laughs> almost like the beach body people, they're still selling a product, but they're also building a community because you got to start from scratch each time. You know yeah. what I mean? You're starting all over. And once you have those people, it just seems yeah. like you could sell them more and, products. And, and it kind of begs the question, too, Kevin, that I had for you, which is, I mean, seriously, with, with all due respect, why the fuck do you still do what you do? I mean, he because he's like, fun. well, but I mean, like, really, I see you everywhere doing as many things as you're doing. You're on the road. I've seen you at at events where there are 10 people there. Maybe they told you there would be 3000 people there. But oh, yeah. but I have seen as an event producer, I, I know what happens there. But I mean, I have seen you at events literally with with 10 people. I have seen you on, on podcasts that I know literally have 10 downloads. Like, I, I mean, why? Like, what, oh, why do you still well, do I, what you I, do? I have to, you know, this is the thing. I transitioned five years ago. The The problem that exists in, in my old world is TV viewership has dropped by 50%. So the TV stations are still charging the same amount for the time that they were before, but they're delivering half the audience. You can't make money on TV anymore. Mm -hmm. So so I had to I had to get out of that business as I transition into a digital entrepreneur, lots of people took advantage of me. Oh, will you come speak? Well, hey, look, if they pay me my fee and it, the check clears, I don't care if there's 10 people or 10,000, okay? I mean, I do, but the yeah. reality is I show up if I get paid, okay? Yeah. So if they didn't do a good job marketing, they're gonna lose money. Um, but the, the reality is this, is I'm, you know, it. You, you and I have been trying to get this podcast together for quite a while because I'm doing a lot fewer and only with the right people. Okay. Yeah. So it's, but in the meantime, are there a few digital entrepreneurs that are snake oil and rip off guys that will take advantage of you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but a, as you go down the path, you explore whatever opportunities there are, but it's funny. You mentioned Beachbody. Carl Deichler was the founder of Beachbody and I hired Carl uh, years ago, he worked. He, he ran one of my companies called Quantum um, Satellite Programming (QSP). And C Carl came in my office one day, and he's, he, Tony Little was there. It gained a bunch of weight, and Tony was—he had been in a car accident. And, and Carl said, "Hey, Tony, what happened to your beach body?" Mm. And then he's like, "You know what? That's a great idea. Why don't we do beach body?" Right? I said, "Carl, go do it. Good luck to you. I got enough stuff going on." So <laughs> Carl started Beach Body. You know, I mean, he, he did an amazing job. But by the way, he's not making money on TV. So what he had to do was use TV to drive something else, mm -hmm. right? And that's what he did was he built a back end. 
and that that was huge. So um, I still do a little bit of television, but I'm I'm doing mostly Facebook and Instagram and digital and that type of thing. So mm -hmm. as well as retail, we're 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 and we also do QVC and HSN and retail and international. So yeah. uh, but I'm much more diversified now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on you know the the company that we just. Uh, an acquisition, 25 million today. It's a beverage company, right? Um, we, we we use influencers. Uh, we use uh, we 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 have a, we went from zero to 275 million dollars um, using influencers and digital. So mm -hmm. you know, it's not like I'm not doing it. It's just yeah. it's you don't know about that. You know, right. you know I don't promote all the things that I do uh, on every uh, uh, on on even on my on my website. Is that uh, is that in the beverage alcohol space or is it uh, non-alcohol? The, the company's called Celsius. It's a it's a it's a healthy energy drink, and um, we're in a hundred thousand locations now, and uh, we've we've now raised about um, oh, about eighty million dollars. Mm -hmm. Twenty uh, twenty five million twenty five million was raised in the last week, and then we made an acquisition of twenty five million just today. And so, just just for our audience' sake here, so how do you fit into that equation? Then you start raising some serious money. You got to cut out equity. Do you sit yeah, on the board? I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an advisor and I'm on the board, et cetera. So I have, a, I have an equity stake. That, that's kind of one of my roles today yeah. is, is helping, you know, in the old days, I, I wanted to own everything. I had to, you know, own it all. I, you know, with Tony Little, we, we owned the product 100%. We paid him a fee, uh, a royalty, right? Today, it's, it's a different world. I'm happy to to advise and take a small piece of equity. You know, yeah. I mean, it might be 5%, 10%, 25%. Sometimes it might be 50%. But in some cases, if the company's already public, um, you know, you can't come in and say, I want 10% of your company mm -hmm. if they're a public company, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it depends on where they are. But if, if I can get in on the ground floor, I mean, when Celsius started, it was it was a startup just getting rolling. They didn't, they, they, they were a pink sheet public company, mm. non-reporting. They needed cash. I came in, joined the board, helped them raise their first $30 million and um, my contacts that brought that money to the table. And then, then we were able to start building the business, got into 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 stores. Um, uh, then we went out and, 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 and kept plugging. Then we went into China. Now we're in Europe. The acquisition we made today was a company in Sweden. Did you cut a check on that one? Uh, did I cut a check? Yeah, personally. No, I, no, the public company did. I got you. So, so that's what I guess I'm asking then too. Do you do you still invest your own cash into these opportunities, or you, at this point in your career, do you simply bring so much knowledge and Rolodex to the table that it's not even necessary for you to cut a check? Yeah, I, I would say both. But um, um, just last week, I invested in a dental startup. Uh, they have a dental appliance that you stick that is is customized for your for people with sleep apnea, mm. and it is the clinical studies like you wouldn't believe. And um, I invested in this company. I joined the advisory board, and tomorrow I'm doing a breathing wellness uh, event in Orlando for a couple hundred dentists. And this is going. We're, we're doing a NASDAQ IPO right now, mm. um, and we're raising uh, 30, 40 million dollars. So. So I'm in the I'm in the IPO. I'm on the board, and in, I, this is an exit. Hopefully, we'll have three years from now. Yeah, congrats on that. Mm -hmm. So let's let's make you a little bit of human here. I mean, it seems like there's been nothing but 
victories uh, along the way. Talk a, a little bit about number one, what what have you lost your shirt on, and and number two, what what do you still struggle with, man? What still keeps you up at night? So I got cleaned in some of the uh, in, in in some of the stock market uh, uh, crises at uh, two thousand and eight, et cetera. You know, it's like man to see some of that money disappear is is horrific. But um, I mean, I think the the it's interesting that you know I think the question was you know why am I not building like influencers or whatever? And I said, I'm still learning that side of the business. I mean, um, uh, Russell Brunson kind of beat a lot of people to the punch building click funnels. Uh, I mean, there's one of the smartest guys in this space that I know, yeah. but I mean, I was, I was wheeling and dealing with Russell long before click funnels. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, you know, Russell and I were like, you know, meeting and meeting and meeting. What can we do together? What can we do together? And I let that one slip away. So, um, you know, that, but yeah, I fail way more than I succeed. Um, we do probably 10 projects product wise to get one or two to work. So, um, you know, my, I have a 31 year old son that, that works with me now. He's been with me 10 years and in the business. And so, um, when he first started, you know, we put out two, three, four, five, six, bomb, 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 bomb. And he'd be like, Dad, what, what, I thought this was a successful business, you know? And then, boom, one would hit, and it would do $100 million. So he said, okay, I get it. So it's a numbers game, uh, but it's also, I mean, back to Carl Deichler, he started Beachbody. When he did P90X, it took 17 versions of that infomercial to get it to work. So you can't give up too early, and it's, it's kind of similar to, like, in, in digital, test a different headline test a different copy, test this, test that. This is the art of this industry. And I think that um, I'm, I'm hopefully going to be, you know, a lot stronger at some point in digital, but, you know, we've had some pretty good success here and there. Yeah. Wow. Let me uh, kick it over to you guys because uh, I'm sure you have a million things as well. And we only have so much time with, uh, with Kevin today, please. Yeah, I, w I wanted to ask, so what is it you look for in a product? Because as you said, you fail more than you succeed, but you've obviously succeeded a lot. So what is it you look for, especially in the startup phase? So I look for something that solves a problem and solves it uniquely. And when I say uniquely, can, can this product solve the, prob the problem in a unique enough fashion such that no other product solves the, product, the problem in a similar fashion, okay? So I'll say it again. Does the product solve a problem in a unique fashion that no other product solves in a similar fashion? So, so that's that's one of the one of the things that I look for. I, I have a I might have a product here I can just grab. I maybe don't have it here. Well, here it is. Okay. So I mean, here's a little item a guy brought me a couple of years ago and said, "This is going to be your next home run item." I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like, what the heck is it? Okay. Well, it's a two-step eyeglass cleaning system. This brushes off the dust because if you use your, your shirt to clean your eyeglasses, you're going to scratch them, get rid of that, and it opens up. And now it's a double-sided carbon cleaning system that cleans your glasses simultaneously on both sides. And, and it's, it's very cool like that, just like that. And then it cleans itself in the recharging station. Boom, boom. All right, that's it. It's called Peeps. And I said, hey, let's do the deal. So the guy came in. We, we cut a deal 
And this has done tens of millions of dollars. It is our next $100 million success. We're negotiating to sell the company. And um, you know, I don't want to say too much about that kind of thing because um, I have partners, et cetera. But the bottom line is this is, a, a, you know, this we got this through affiliates and, and I, I use digital assets, right? I started using affiliates to sell this offer and we were selling 15,000 pieces a day wow. uh, fourth quarter of last year. So we did 26 million in sales fourth quarter 2018 mm -hmm. in an item that a, a year prior was a startup. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we, you know, I'm always on the lookout for the next product, the next hot one. And so I still do some trade shows. I go to the houseware show and the hardware show and a few beauty shows and, uh, you know, as many as I can. But the bottom line is, is that I, I like a product that this is very demonstrable. It also, let me, I'll finish off to answer your question. Is it unique? Does it solve a problem? Is it demonstrable? Is there a magical transformation? And that, that's something that I love. Mm -hmm. If you think about proactive, why did they do so well? Yeah. It was magically transformational for kids' skin, yeah. right? And so, you know, if you got some of those elements and you can get the cost of goods right, I mean, this we make for three bucks, we sell it for 15. So we got margin, we've got uniqueness, we got demonstration, we got magical transformation. That's all there. Now, all I do is then go test it. Mm -hmm. And I can do a test for 10 grand. So I can do 10 projects for 100 grand to get one to work. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it, it, the business model has worked for me. For, for a number of years now, so mm -hmm. and step and step us through real quick, if you as much as you can share, because again, there are there are folks out there who may be able to model what you're doing, as much as you can share. How, how what does the deal structure look like on someone like uh, on a, something like Peeps, where this guy has his thing, he's obviously got the patents, he's done the work, he comes to you, says, Kevin, this is the next thing. Uh, what can we do here? What does the, what does the deal structure even look like so on that? There's, there's a lot of different deal structures. Sometimes I'll, I'll just take a minority stake, put a few bucks in if if it's needed. And, and, and just, you know, I, I, the one thing that I don't do anymore, um, I am not the CEO really of anything other than my holding company. And I, I just don't have the time to run any company. And I like to be able to do the things that I do. And, and, you know, you mentioned me speaking and things like that. When I go to speak, I, you know, it's a, it's, it, it's a self-liquidating way to get new deal flow mm. because I get paid to go, I speak, then I get a hundred people that come to me with their ideas, their businesses, and they want some help. So this, you know, this is the how I meet people like this. But I either take a small equity stake, or if I if I take the project, like let's go back to Tony Little, I give him five percent of the gross as you know, as for his part of the deal, I give him, you know, maybe twenty-five thousand dollars up front, five percent of the gross. And if we gross three hundred million, he makes $15 million. And, you know, what could be so bad for a day's work? Because that's all we ask him to show up for mm -hmm. is a day to shoot the video. Okay. We need to find a product, guys. <laughs> Evidently, right? All right. right? Hey, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> and, uh, and I know we got to let you jump here, but what, uh, just lastly, what, what advice would you have then for, for an entrepreneur who is either in the, the phase of starting their business or scaling their business or potentially exiting? I'll let you choose. Uh, and just the, the most sage advice you can uh, you can share based on the decades you've been doing this. The best thing I could say in the early days when I was a young entrepreneur, I I was more like just really pig-headed about 
wanting to do it all my way and control everything. And when I went to hire CFOs or whatever, I'm like, you know, I, I didn't want to pay the money and, and it cost me big time. So, um, you know, I always say, surround yourself with the best experts that you can't afford, okay? <laughs> so pay more than you have to, to get the right people, because the best people, you, you may not be able to afford them, but if you can get them on your team, if I could have gotten Russell Brunson on my team way back, that would have been a great move, right? So, you know, um, and we, we were just a few cents off on, on where we were, and I should have been smart enough to realize this guy can bring some amazing things for me. So I say surround yourself with an amazing dream team. And, and one of the most important things is, is digital and tech right now. So yeah. in the old days, it was it was a producer of, of an infomercial. We had to get, you know, we could have the greatest product, but if the infomercial was bad, it's not going to work. So quality production talent was my former dream team. Now it's digital tech kind of guys that are smart and know how to do uh, the things that we're all involved with in this world of, of, of connecting with influencers and, 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 and followers, right? So it's a whole different world than it used to be. And, you know, I'd say, you know, definitely get your dream team, build your brand. And, 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 and if you surround yourself with the right people, just I'll get one last story. Sure. I finally, and by the way, there's no rush on this end. We'll keep you as I long know, as you want to stay. I, so I, I do have to run. I'm yeah. Sorry. But wait, uh, there's more, but, but wait, <laughs> there's more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was raising capital, uh, back in, you know, 20 years ago and, I went to five banks, and of course, banks are tough. They're not, you know, they want it, they, they want it secured. But, you know, they're going to give you a line of credit, you, you know, give them cash, give them real estate. What are you going to secure it with? So I got turned down by five banks. And one day I'm, I'm at a, an event, a chamber of commerce, a networking event. This was, I lived in Philadelphia. And, uh, and I met, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to a guy, and he's a retired bank president. And he, and I said, so I, is it, his name was Pete. I said, so Pete, I said, you won't believe it. I said, at the time I had a $50 million business netting 5 million. And I said, so you retired from the bank? He says, yeah. He says, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not done. He was like 60 years old at the time. He said, I'm not done, but it's just time to, to move. And I said, look, I'm trying to raise some capital for my company. I said, I went to five places and he took a look. He said, let me take a look at what you're doing. And he, and he came in, he says, I'm going to make you an offer. He said, I'm going to raise you. How much are you looking for? I said, we're looking for like 3 million. He said, I'm going to raise you 3 million. Not going to charge you a dime for it. And he said, but if you're happy and, and we can do something, then I want to join your team. And so I, I said, it's a win-win situation for me. No, no risk. Let's do it. And it took him a few months because he had to clean up our presentation and get contracts uh, on, you know, we had some loose agreements here and there and bankers don't like that. To make a long story short, one of the banks turned us down, gave us $3 million. So he joined my team and off to the races, we built that company to over $500 million from there. So the bottom line is surround yourself with experts. Don't think you can do it all and you can build a great company. Yeah, yeah. some really sage advice. So Kevin, uh, as you said, you know, kind of self-liquidating here. We didn't pay you to be on the show today, so thank you for taking the time. But in that <laughs> self-liquidating spirit here, uh, if you are looking for deals or people to get in contact with you, uh, what uh, what's the best way to get uh, more information out to you or uh, or connect with you? What do you want folks to do? So, look, my website is kevinharrington.tv, and it's um, there's ways there. We, we have some free downloads you can get and things like that, uh, but... 
if if one of your listeners has something hot, if they get in touch with you, you know, let's 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 bring it through you guys, and you know, make it your product that you can bring to me, and and you know, I I, I won't uh, uh, hold you back from you know thinking about something. But I'm I'm really good again, like I said, with hard goods types of things, and the the world of Amazon is is a new frontier that a lot of people are doing well in, and we're. We're, we're crushing it on Amazon right now also. So yeah. so there's people out there that might have something. They want to give us a, a shout. We're open to, to uh, taking a look at anything out there. And if, if you guys want to bring us some stuff, we'll work some deals and cut you guys in. Sweet. Appreciate that. Maybe okay. uh, maybe, maybe we'll spike Celsius and then we'll figure out a last 11th hour play here to still do something with liquor.com and we'll talk about that. But uh, <laughs> that's, uh, hey. that's the conversation for another yes. day. All right, Kevin. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure to be here and uh, love your Love the setup that you have, and uh, done done a few podcasts, and I and I and I, I can tell you, you you guys are doing doing good stuff. So thanks thanks, thanks. For, for having me on today. Yeah, man. Thanks, Maybe Kevin. just uh, if thanks you ever feel like it, swing by the New Media Summit. We'd love to have you there as a guest, and you can come hang out with us at that live event as well. So we'll when is talk it? about all that. Well, uh, it actually begins on Monday, but we do it twice oh. a year, March and September. Okay. So okay, good. We'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about that. Cool. Kevin, all we'll right, let guys. you jump, man. Thank you so much, thanks, and, Kevin. Uh, thanks. Kevin Harrington. I really like to see three thumbs up, but I only got two. Okay. Yeah, all good. There we go. All that. All <laughs> bueno. You got them all. You got Take six care, on guys. this side. All right, Kevin, Gee, we thanks. will talk to you. And uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll let Kevin jump here, but we'll continue the conversation. Okay. And so, Kevin, we'll see you. And, uh, and, and you know, I mean, obviously, uh, we'd love to help you guys connect with, with Kevin. And, uh, and so, sure, if you're, if you're working on something that, uh, that you think might be uh, a viable opportunity for Kevin and his folks to, to perhaps step behind and stand behind and support. Um, well, I'll just, let's just get us an email and you can just hit me directly at Steve at Steve And, uh, we'll get things coordinated and see what we can do. So feel free to, to connect, share, maybe we'll find our, our next, our, our product, right? That's a yeah. clearly like the moral of the story is, um, product, product, product <laughs> mm-hmm. seriously right i mean we are a consumer nation we are a consumer nation two four seven three six five yeah and it's yeah. interesting too when you look at his peeps type product as an example it is there's there's nothing like dramatic there i mean it's a cool looking thing and you can i mean there's millions of people who are glasses so you know that the market opportunity is there but i mean in terms of like what it is it's just kind of a glass is cleaner in a unique yeah. way but like he said you know i mean they'll do what they do 15,000 units in the first quarter and they're and they're starting to grow that thing over 25 million now and so i think that's ultimately what has become so clear at least to me and, and richie i know with your background in e-commerce and so on you speak to this as well but what's become really clear to me is there is a market for darn near anything and everything. And yeah. Amazon has really helped level the playing field for so many, right? Mm-hmm. Because, well, like he said, you could do a $10,000 test on 10 products. And if, if one of the 10 hits, what do you say? He's taking one of those to, to 500 million, I yeah. think he said. One yeah, of those he said products? 10 per product. So spending 100000 on testing and then... One's going to pop. One's going to pop. Yeah. You know, he didn't mention the baby industry or the pet industry. Hmm. Maybe there's an opportunity there because there's Seriously. always babies. And moms will, you know, moms will spend money when during their pregnancy and the first year or two of the child's life. They're like, 
my kid needs the best, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and dog lovers. We're working on one with pet supplements right now. With pet Are supplements? Yeah. Is it is in the CBD space? No, uh, there might be one that ends up, but it's more Who's we? adding Greg and the oh. same guys we do the yeah. uh, Comic-Con with. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you know, so no shortage for sure of, of opportunities. And, and it's funny because some of the best ideas and even in, in some cases prototypes and existing products are just sitting on shelves collecting dust. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about Shark Tank. Do you guys watch Shark Tank, by the way? I love it, yes. Mary, do you ever watch it? I have, and we actually went through the application process. They asked us to apply. What were you going to do? Momstown. Oh, for Momstown? Yeah. The yeah. community. We had a fairly decent-sized community. Did you apply? But we didn't do it. That was when we had our TV show. Um, we didn't do it because we got a little freaked out about the fine print. In perpetuity, mm-hmm. they own you. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of their decisions. You don't. You lose control. Mm-hmm. So it was just the paperwork. We just... Yeah. It wasn't for us. Then, of course, it begs the question, and I think that's that's certainly what I was trying to get to more of the bottom of are the, the deal structures there yeah. because, okay, 5%. Let me see if I can, you know, uh, like Momstown, if, you, if it had blown up and you guys owned 5% of this and it became, you know, this this huge to-do, that's a, it's an interesting struggle, right? It's an interesting question for all of us as entrepreneurs is, the abundance versus scarcity mindset, you know? And, and what were you going to say, Rich? That was you're, you're... literally where I was going to go. Like, just look at all the companies now that they don't even worry about making money sometimes on the front end, like the Ubers and the Amazons and all this stuff. They're, Uber's still subsidizing the rides, mm-hmm. you know? They're but still they're, losing money. But they're getting the eyeball. It's kind of why I went into the question of, why aren't you combining these or are you combining these? It sounds like he's starting to, especially potentially when he was trying to work with Russell and stuff like that because yeah. you've sold these people something. Why yeah, wouldn't exactly. you try to sell them something again? Well, like you're a brilliant dude. Like, hello, you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. you got yeah. a customer. How many things can you sell that customer? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. You can learn so much from a marketing perspective by sitting up at 2 in the morning and going to any cable channel and watching an infomercial. The the structure of how they take people through, and I didn't have a chance to write it down because it was going so fast and we're going through a whole bunch of different uh, conversations there. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, the the transformation, right, and, Mm -hmm. and just demonstrating the transformation. Like who needs a knife that cuts through a Coke can? Are you really going to be, you know, are you really going to be cutting through? Well, that was a demonstrable part Demonstrable. That, that was the way yes. he said it. Yes. So he said it has to you identify a problem. The product has to solve the problem uniquely. Mm-hmm. And he made that be totally separate. Because because a knife is not a unique product. Knives have been around since the dawn of man. I mean, we've always been you know sharpening and cutting and doing things right. So a, a knife in and of itself. But why Ginsu? I think that one, in my opinion, because I remember specifically that exact one, was how. It took sharp to a whole nother level when you could cut a tomato so thin. Because, you know, when you try to cut a tomato, it's not a sharp knife. It's like you squish the whole damn tomato. Exactly. But it's so thin that then you took it and you could read a newspaper through that thin thing. <laughs> it was just like, what the? You yes. know, yeah. it was just, 
And and so if you remember the um, the Joe Sugarman product uh, for blue blockers, right? For the sunglasses. Oh. Where mm-hmm. I mean these, let's be honest, these were not good looking sunglasses. Like <laughs> these these were not exactly designer looking glasses. But you would you would put these on if you were part of this infomercial. And it would block all the UV rays, and and everybody would be like, "Oh wow, right?" And then like, just watching their reaction to you put on these glasses, and then it's like, "Oh my god!" Like my whole my whole world is new. It's better. Right. It's different. Right. I can yeah. see. So so it is interesting to how do you apply this to your business? Is is ultimately the question? What can we learn from Kevin? What can we learn from the success of his products that can be applied to you and, and your business? And so you, I think you did actually take the notes, Mary. So what was it? Yeah. It was, it was de- demonstrable. So he did it, was, it in a certain order. Um, solve the, the product has to solve a problem, and the solution to it has to be very unique. So another competing product would not be weighed against it. Mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. and then but what does that what does that look like though like how so is there anything that you can still do i think in that's a unique all in the marketing. way i think that's that piece is in the marketing mm-hmm. because i mean a perfect example of the one he used was dollar shave club that wasn't it's a razor it's a razor and, it and was the razors a, are not the, the i mean they're no. decent but they're not like better than anything that exists but that's in the marketing though it was we're going to send it to you. Yeah. You're going to go, you know what I mean? So well, it's not necessarily even the product. It's the marketing and how you deliver it. And Think about the talent. Remember he said he gets the talent person? Billy Mays, OxyClean. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he the OxyClean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he did all those. He did a bunch. His energy was bigger than life. For sure. And you'd almost just be captivated watching him. And you're like, and then, of course, he would remove these stains and all that. But is OxyClean really better than bleach? Right? right? Or, or any other sort of cleaner out so there? So I guess he has that. He knows when he hits the sweet spot in the product, how he demonstrate, how it's demonstrated, and the bigness of the transformation. Like you said, the uh, sunglasses and OxyClean. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, well, that's where it's unique across information and products. It's the transformation. Mm-hmm. Like New Media Summit and all these different things that you're doing, Steve. It's, it's like it, they're not doing it just to do another thing. They want to be transformed. And I think that's part of why it, some of this is so sensationalized sounding, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, to your point, bigger than life is, is it's you got to captivate that emotional, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You've got that at the summit. Well, that's what I was going to say. Let's run, let, just out of curiosity, I mean, I'm curious how much the summit meets the criteria. Obviously, it's not a physical product, but so so let's, does the new media. Let's identify the problem first. Right. So the problem for the attendees who come to the new media summit, is, their core problem is. They don't know how to get booked. Well, the, 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 what the language they're using to themselves is no one knows I exist. I'm not generating enough revenue. I'm not seen as the credible authority in my niche. This person is getting the attention. I'm not. How do I find my message? Um, Messaging? Their pitch. They're, they're not thinking they're in not terms thinking of... They're not thinking that yet. They're not thinking okay. that yet. They'll, they'll get to that in terms of realizing perhaps part of the reason why I am still the world's best kept secret is because I don't have enough visibility. 
right? Why don't I have enough visibility? I don't have enough visibility because, well, maybe I'm not articulating who I am and what I do in my own unique way and bringing that to the table. Right. So, so that ultimately, I think, is the, is the core problem that we're solving is the, uh, well, number one, solving the issue of helping them move out of this um, sort of corner of invisibility that they feel like they've, they've, they've been pushed into and becoming a more visible, recognized expert in, in their niche. And, and ultimately, by having that visibility, it will help them generate leads, which help them generate revenue, which then can be reinvested to help them no longer be invisible. What were you going to say? No, I just think that's a great point. And I, I've heard something anew, and I've heard you say this a bunch, but it, I heard it differently this time. And it's literally, it's, it's, it's a syntax thing. They're first sitting there, and they know I have something for the world. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this before they get there. I have something for the world. Mm-hmm. But then in that yet comment I made, they don't know it yet, mm-hmm. is they get there... And then they start to see because everybody's pitching. Well, everybody's demonstrating. Right, exactly. They're all they're they're, they're going through this, mm-hmm. and then some are like, "Wow, I have a unique gift, but I can't say it succinctly for shit. Like mm-hmm. I got to work right. on my pitch." And then other people, right? Because I mean, that's part of his whole thing is yeah. how you pitch it. And and what I've become very clear on, and what I talk about is, you know, reality is if, if you can't pitch us as a podcaster why you should be a guest on our show and and do that in a unique, compelling way where we go, oh, my God, like I need to cut you to the front of the line and you need to be a guest on my show. That that lack of clarity, that lack of ability to articulate who they are and what they do in that clear, concise, compelling manner mm-hmm. translates and is corollary to the same struggles that their prospects have mm-hmm. about deciding to pull out their credit card and invest with them because people buy energy and clarity sells so one of the things that's unique about it to keep going with new media summit like we're yeah is everyone in attendance gets to do this pitch so in my comment a minute before it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to suck forever if you feel like that pitch just sucked Mm -hmm. because now you're watching other people you're adjusting accordingly you get some people get a chance to come up and do it again yeah right and they get to see these other people experience it right they're like little well, testimonials along the that's way that's what feeds into the transformation because then they start to see more possibility in their own potential mm. oh i love the way they use those adjectives in their pitch mm-hmm. maybe i can use them in mine and then have you guys over the last four times seen any correlation between the transformation leading people who had no intention of starting their own podcast to start one. Oh yeah, I mean no. that. That's so, transformation so right there. Two levels of transformation happen. Number one, they 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 begin to embrace the notion of of having their own show, right, and and leveraging the power of podcast for themselves as as a platform to share their mission and message. But uh, it's it, it goes even further than that too, because it's not just that particular medium. What ends up happening is the transformation really is. Now I'm thinking about my business completely different. Exactly. So I was thinking, you know, if I got to five figures this year, that would be great. Now they're thinking six figures is absolutely inevitable for me, right? And then just in terms of even understanding their their worth and what they bring to the table and the value of what they have, that... But then go back to your seven steps. The seven-by-seven model? Seven-by-seven model. Yeah. That's hugely powerful, and that kind of blows their mind a little bit because they're like... 
oh, why do I, I would be more bookable if I had my own podcast. Then I'm on the level. Mm -hmm. And these are the seven ways that I could probably monetize that I never thought all these articles or blog posts could be compiled into a digital download. Sure. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah. you, that's where, that's where this whole media summit is yeah. transformational and totally fits into his model. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what were the other things on there? So demonstrable, demonstrable, whatever, um, transformative, it's basically new, unique. So identify the problem, you know, share uniquely. It has mm -hmm. to be uniquely solving. Mm -hmm. And if you could push that part of it when people have their message, we have, let's say we had like 15 holistic people. Which we will. Energy, right? Let's <laughs> say we have energy healers, massage yeah. therapists, yeah. whatever. Yeah. What's your unique proposition next to the person who does something very similar? Absolutely. And that's what he was saying. You can't have somebody be very similar to you, so you got to tweak that unique yeah. angle yeah. and then demonstrate it. Yep. And then prove the transformation for the person who hires you. Yeah, point well taken. And that's uh, obviously it's a lot of what we do at at the New Media Summit. Super excited. The next time we talk here on the shows, uh, Reinvention Radio, our other show, and uh, and here on Beyond Eight Figures, we'll have uh, completed the next New Media Summit. So that'll be our fifth one. We'll get that one under uh, our belts there. And um, you know, we we sold that one out uh, a couple months ago. And so just honored and thrilled to have so many folks. Uh, from all over the globe that will be joining us for the New Media Summit uh, here in just a few days. And uh, tickets will go on sale for the next New Media Summit uh, shortly thereafter. Kelly, as a matter of fact, we should probably get that uh, that up and running here soon. And we would love to have you join us in March. Um, that will be March 9th through the 11th in San Diego. And you can get on the wait list right now at newmediasummit.net. You'll be among the first to be notified uh, when tickets do go on sale, and we do cap it at 150 attendees, but it's an awesome opportunity for you to meet 40 top podcasters to take center stage, pitch us on who you are and what you do, and you will literally get booked on the spot. We've got a 100% track record of people coming mm -hmm. to the summit and leaving with bookings in hand. So I am super excited to see you guys there yeah, at the summit. Kelly will be there. So Wade fun. will be there. Mary Ritchie and uh, so many others as well. And just super excited to be hanging out with you guys at the summit. And super excited that you guys tuned in to hang out with us today here on Beyond Eight Figures. From Mary Galea and Richie Ote, I'm Steve Olsher. We'll talk to you guys really, really soon. Take care, everybody.